0: Hello everybody, welcome to Monday's edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode 19 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Today's episode, being 19, is actually a very meaningful episode for me today because my dad's favorite number was 19, and that was because of Fred Lynn, his favorite player when he was younger and an adult as well. Um, He played for the Red Sox among other teams throughout his career, but he was most known for being the first MVP and Rookie of the Year in 1975. He was also the best defensive center fielder at that time. So, I mean, a lot of people around Boston really rave over uh, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s defense. Um, Fred Lynn was probably just that and maybe a little bit better without the arm strength in terms of defensive ability. But that's 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 the discussion for another day. You know, we're not here to talk about that. So this episode, you know, goes out to my dad, bless up dad. Hopefully this episode uh, you will enjoy but with all that out of the way we do have some important quick hits, quick hits. to get to and starting off we <laughs> JD Martinez reports spring training wearing a uh, the same orange same color orange shirt that Tom Brady wore at his uh, Super Bowl parade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and on the orange shirt of Martinez there's a picture of Brady getting escorted out of the parade because he was so hammered and in and J.D. Martin, and actually, I think it was the Red Sox uh, tweeted saying, just a little spring training, kind of with like the whole letters being capitalized in lowercase, like, you know, kind of like Brady did when he was like, oh, avocado, tequila, or whatever he said. So then Brady responded saying, LOL, I will never live this down. And to me, that actually really hurt because that is such a funny joke that should be shared within the Boston sports community. But it's not and that just really kind of like dampens my mood because Brady won a Super Bowl with another team and he's still making some jokes and some uh, some laughs in Boston, which is nice to see that he still is connected to Boston sports, but that's just something you, know, you want to see you know be kind of connected throughout the Boston sports. Uh, moving on, sticking with baseball, Heim Bloom, the G- GM of the Boston Red Sox, confirms extensions are being discussed for their players. Um, no names were announced, doesn't there's no report of how many or who it is but I'm looking at the team right now and I'm thinking who's next and I'm thinking Raphael Devers he's about to go into arbitration again this year and I believe next year after that he's going to be a free agent but if we can kind of uh skip arbitration and lock him up to a long-term deal that'd be very very ideal he's my favorite player on the Red Sox Raphael Devers as much as I love Alexander Bogart my dog is named after him Raphael Devers is such a stud he is so funny he's so cool and to see him get locked up long term with the Red Sox would be a blessing in itself because like Betts and like Benintendi you can't trade away more young talent when you're trying to quote-unquote stay in contention um Bruins win 7-3 over the Flyers um in Lake Tahoe last night big win for the Bruins 7-3 uh Ras giving up three goals. It is what it is. I think he played pretty well. Otherwise than that, he looked really good. He looks like he's he's focused. But the team though, the team looks really really focused. Uh, Pasta had a hat trick, and the Bruins are in first place by three points over the Washington Capitals, who are probably uh, I don't know if they're the best you know the best team by roster. You, know, you still have the Lightning, but you know the Bruins, the Capitals, the Lightning. All three of those teams are probably going to battle for the uh, president's trophy, at least excuse me, on the eastern side of things, but nonetheless, it is so good to see the Bruins play very well in, uh, day in and night out, whether it's, you know, getting big leagues and holding them or getting, you know, down in the game and then coming back, stealing a point in overtime or whatever it may be. So, to see the Bruins still play uh, very very well is very promising. However, who isn't playing well? your boston celtics yeah (laughs) yeah they suck and i'll tell you why so i'm not going to go on another rant like i did last week i i promise you that i'm going to set a timer um on my phone and i'm going to set it for 10 minutes i think that's fair uh 10 minute timer starting now and i'm just going to ramble on about the celtics so they had a 24 point lead in the third quarter the biggest lead was 79-55 to 55 over the New Orleans Pelicans. That was midway through the third. I think there was like six and change, five and change left in the game. And they blow it in overtime. This team is making me want to hate on them so much. And trust me, I don't hate the Celtics. I love the Celtics, just like a lot of people do. But this team is so laughable. Night in and night out, they're either losing against teams that they should beat... Or they're or they're leading a game with massive leads and blowing them, and but then again they win against the Denver Nuggets. Um, I, I'll never get it. <sighs> One thing that's kind of kind of pissing me off is uh, Naismith is still getting these insane minutes. He got like almost thirty minutes last night. Um, nothing in the overtime. He was like in for an inbound pass in overtime. Other than that. He wasn't seen in overtime at all, but still walks away with 30 minutes, which I like to see him get the minutes. Yes, he's starting to do a little bit better. He got 10 points last night. So it's good to see that there is a little bit of progression there. He's starting to shoot the ball a little bit better. Um, other than that, though, he's <sighs> the Celtics rotation is god-awful. But one thing that I do like to see about their rotation, though, is that the Time Lord, Robert Williams III, is getting big minutes. He, was, um, he got like 24. Uh, 21 total minutes I believe it was but he was getting big massive minutes in the fourth quarter and down into overtime as well which is so good to see because I honestly think that time lord Robert Williams III is the center for the Boston Celtics from now moving forward I think Tristan Thompson is, is a nice role player and he should be coming off the bench Williams and Tice good little combination there I'd rather have Williams but I think Tice, you know, can either play the the four if you want to go big, or you know, have Tice come off the bench and play the five, and then Williams play the four, vice versa. It doesn't matter. Don't care. But just to see him get crucial minutes down in down the stretch against you know a good New Orleans Pelican team. They're they're no scrubs. They're good. They're on the up-come. Lonzo Zion, um, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram. They have good players, good young pieces down there, and to see Williams you know go up against a rel- relatively good team and do surprisingly well is very promising moving forward and I just think he needs to get more minutes because I don't think 21 minutes should be where he where he should be at I would like to see him plus 25 maybe 25 to 30 if he's not going to be starting if he's going to be starting though I'd love to see him get a little bit more than that maybe in the low 30s would be nice I really think he should be the starter he's athletic he can rebound and He can shot block. He can play defense. The only bad thing that he doesn't do well is guard the perimeter. And we saw that a little bit when um, he was guarding Zion. And Zion was the point forward, dribbling the ball outside the three. But every time Zion drove to the hoop, went to his left hand, and Robert Williams blocked it a couple times. Not just like a little tip, but emphatically blocked it. And uh, another thing about Robert Williams is that Brandon, there was a switch. So he was on Brandon Ingram. And Brandon Ingram saw the mismatch, but he pulled up for three. And Robert Williams closed out super fast, got up, and blocked the shot. Unreal defense from him. And it's so good. It looks like he's healthy. It looks like he is going to be balling. And it looks like he's going to stay on the court, which we need. A couple years ago, he was projected to be a lottery pick. Injuries kind of pushed him back down to the Celtics, where they took him at 26, 27, somewhere around there. So he's got the talent. He's got the skill. He's got the athleticism. He needs the experience and he needs to stay on the court. And right now, he's staying on the court and he needs to get the experience through the minutes. I really like what I see out of the Time Lord so far. I really want to see more of that. I really do. And I think Celtics fans as well. Doris Burke um, for ESPN was ranting and raving about, about um, Robert Williams III last night about the whole closeout block and playing good defense on Zion. There was one little bad moment where he was a little late to switch when um, I believe it was. Brandon Ingram or Josh Hart blew by um, Jalen Brown, I believe it was. But, you know, you kind of have to guard Zion for the shovel pass, and then that's an easy dunk for him. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in. But nonetheless, overall, love what I'm seeing from Time Lord. I got five and a half minutes left. There was a free throw um, that the Pelicans were shooting, and it was the second free throw after the first one was missed. I believe it was Ingram shooting the, the free throws. He missed the first one. He's going for the second one. He shoots it, but before he shoots it, both Daniel Tice and I believe it was Zion go into the lane before he releases it. Now, oftentimes, referees won't call it. They'll just let it go. But this referee calls a double lane violation on both Daniel Tice and, like I said, I believe it was Zion Williamson. So the bucket counted because it went in, but then there was a jump ball at center court. Celtics lost the jump ball, and the Pelicans got possession again, where Brandon Ingram would then eventually go hit a dagger of a three. That is so, so terrible. That's so terrible. <sighs> I'm just sitting here getting a little <laughs> little depressed because, like, I understand you're trying to box out and get the potential rebound because it was a uh, two-point game. And if you get the rebound, you push the ball down, you can go tie it up. If you have an open three, you make it, you take the lead, yada, yada, yada. But, oh, my God, this is something that everyone has done in their life was – Be in the paint, inside the lines, whether rebounding defensively or trying to rebound offensively on a free throw. We've all done it, whether it's a town league, uh, AAU, high school, college, whatever. We've all done it. We all know to wait for when the shooter releases the ball to go get the ball. And, you know, Zion Williamson, like I said, I believe it was him, and Daniel Tice, they both do it. No fault to Zion Williamson because they eventually got the ball back anyways. But Daniel Tice, dude, come on. Like, I'm trying to support Daniel Tice in all this because a lot of people just don't want Daniel Tice no more. They want him traded or even either benched. I think he plays very well. Um, he's very smart on the defensive end. He knows the offensive playbook and the rotations on both offense and defense. But this one's hard to get behind. This one really is because that kind of lost the game for us because they won the tip. And like I said, Ingram goes to shoot a three. <sighs> And then the Celtics are just trying to play a catch-up when they're down by two possessions. And it doesn't bode well because, you know, you're playing the foul game. You're trying to put up, you know, desperation threes. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And that's so, you know, this is a tough loss nonetheless. And if they were to just lose because they lost, fine. You know, if they got beat by a better team in the New Orleans Pelicans, then so be it. But when you have a 24-point lead and midway through the third quarter and then to go lose in overtime to a team that is I wouldn't say they're better than you but they'd certainly played like it and that's just disgusting and that that loss brings you back down to 515 and 15 6 seed in the Eastern Conference the Pacers and now the Raptors are both in front of you and the Knicks are a half a game behind you yes a um, good friend of mine, Evan, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, you know, texted me saying, like, ho oh, ho, I can't wait for the Knicks to pass the Celtics in the standings. And I was like, dude, me too, because it's going to happen. And at this point, when it's almost when you're the sixth seed and you're literally a game away from being out of the playoff picture, it brings the question do we abandon ship? Do we, as Boston fans, Boston Celtics fans, abandon ship? Do we just pack it in and play for next year? At what point do we get desperate enough to either go out and make a bad trade to try to bring in a star player or someone that will help the team, or do we just kind of sell off and just move forward? Obviously, you keep Brown, you keep Tatum, but everyone else is on the board. Everyone else is available, and Danny just tries to get a bunch of assets, you know, like he's been doing for next year and the years to come, because this year doesn't seem like it's it. Now, I do say that with a caveat, and that caveat is that they're only four and a half games out of first place. So it's not like they're 10 games out and it's the end of the season. They're still in it. They still are. Honestly, a lot of the teams in the East are. I mean, you look at the, the Wizards. They're 10 and 17, the 13 seed, and they're um, they're eight games out. That's not bad. They're, they're still in playoff contention. They're still in the hunt. And it's a tight race in the East. It really is. But if the Celtics just keep with the same roster and then this goes out to Danny Ainge again and again, if the Celtics just keep with the same roster, it's going to fail. You're not going to beat the 76ers, you're not going to beat the Nets, you're not going to beat the Bucks. You clearly can't beat the freaking Pelicans who are in um, 11 place themselves, who are 11 games out of first place. So the West is a completely different story, but come on. Come, on. I know I have 30 seconds left, but the Celtics really have to figure it out. This is a game that they had to win, that they should have win. And it wasn't a walk in the park, you know, it wasn't a guaranteed win. But when you're up by 24 halfway through the third, you have to hang on to that and win that game, especially the way things have been going lately in terms of struggling and being 500, getting lower in the standings and losing, you know, games that you should be winning. That is a game that you have to win and the Celtics couldn't and that's so upsetting. But that's going to wrap it up for me. There's my timer. I want to hear your thoughts about it. What do the Celtics need to do? What should the Celtics be doing in order to become either a better team or stop sucking as much? Those are all my thoughts about the matter, but I want to hear yours. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for sports talk. Yes, it does. If you're watching on YouTube, comment down below what you're thinking about the Celtics. Um... Should they sell? Should they trade? Should they, you know, just stay where they are? I want to hear your thoughts to uh, develop discussion and conversation because that is what we do here on Murph's Boston Sports Talk, as you know, as you love. So, real quick, I actually saw this this morning, so I do want to talk about it really quickly because I think it's actually kind of funny. Now, um, I don't know how long, but Cam Newton, obviously, technically still quarterback for the Patriots, or you can kind of say former, we don't really know yet, but whatever, Cam Newton has a uh, annual football camp for, for kids. I think it's in the Carolina area, obviously, because that's where he spent a decade of his career. But, you know, he's at his own camp, and some kid is kind of trash-talking him, right? I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, ironically enough, actually retweeted this and said, probably should ask him how to be an MVP in the league. You probably want to play in first, shaking my head, because this kid, I'm going to... I play the video for you is trash talking cam newton at his own camp now i'm going to play the video and then i'm going to give you my thoughts about it so let me get the volume up and switch my mic i free agent. free you free agent. free agent.
1: your dad. your dad. You're You're free You're you free agent. You're free
0: agent. you so it was kind of loud and it was uh bad quality almost, but basically what troll was saying uh, was saying to Cam Newton that you, you're a free agent. You're a free agent is constantly saying that your ass uh, you suck. You're poor, you know, stuff like that. And Cam Newton saying, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. Um, yes, he is rich. I mean, he had a big contract with the Carolina Panthers. He had um, advertisement commercials with uh, yogurts and obviously Under Armour and he has his own football cleat with Under Armour. So, which is still a thing. I mean, he's still an Under Armour athlete, so he's still getting paid that way. And yes, he didn't have the best contract with the Patriots last year, but still, league minimum? <laughs> I think any of us would take the league minimum in the NFL to suck. Yes, Cam Newton sucked last year, but this kid is at Cam Newton's, uh, I don't know if it's a quarterback camp, a football camp, wearing the whole Under Armour Cam Newton gear and saying, you're a free agent, you're ass, you suck, you're poor. Bro, What? And yes, Trey Young is absolutely right that you should probably ask this man how to be an MVP in the league because this kid is probably like, you know, 14, 15. He's clout chasing. Um, He's just trying to make a fool of himself, but he's also trying to, you know, become Twitter famous or whatever. But yes, you should ask Cam Newton how to be an MVP in the league because he was an MVP in this league and, you know, there's not many of them and Cam Newton is one of them. And before you call him a free agent, before you call him poor, you should probably ask him how to be a free agent, especially if you're at a football camp by Cam Newton. So, WTF, are you doing saying that? Um, I'm not a big supporter from Cam Newton's Patriots career uh, last year, but I am going to ba- uh, get behind him and back him up on this one because that kid was an absolute tool bag and an absolute troller. Just cloud chasing, and that's all I'm going to say about it because that's all he deserves. All right, so... For the remainder of this podcast, we're going to bring back a fan favorite, and that is the topic wheel. Yes, I know it's been a few episodes because there's been a lot going on, a lot of rants have been going on, but we do have the topic wheel back in action for this episode. I'm very excited. I want to try to get a few spins out of it today. I did update it a little bit, but nonetheless, let's just jump right into it, and we're going to spin, spin away. Oh, I don't need this advertisement. Okay, so Deshaun Watson trade buzz. Um, I really haven't heard much about it yet, except Nick Casario, the GM for the Houston Texans, have been adamantly saying that we are not trading Deshaun Watson. We are not trading our franchise quarterback. We are going to keep him since we just signed him to a new contract. Um, smart move by the team. Very smart move. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't really said much about wanting a trade. Last week, we kind of heard about it. He just wants out of Houston. There's been a little bit of a a rumor about the Jets because he was wearing like a jet green uh, hat one day in a cab probably in New York. But other than that, we just really haven't heard much about the whole Deshaun Watson trade buzz as of now. I do want to kind of say we've seen a couple quarterbacks on the move, such as Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, obviously the same trade. And then you see Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis you know, it's starting to kind of lay the f- framework for other quarterbacks uh, looking to get traded to other teams. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is better than all three of them. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is going to uh, carry a higher price point and a better package. But, you know, to kind of see Carson Wentz go for a third round and then a second round that could turn into a one, then you see Stafford get traded for Goff and two ones, it's like, okay, I mean, You're starting to kind of see it a little bit. You know, if you're another team trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, what kind of deal are you looking at? And honestly, for me, I think it starts with four first-round picks. I really do because the Texans, a team that's needed a franchise quarterback for a long time, um, Ryan Mallett, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, they've tried so many times and they've failed so many times now that the fact that they actually have a franchise quarterback I don't know if they want to get rid of him because he's like I don't want to be here no more so I really think it's going to take heaven and earth to actually trade Deshaun Watson away from Houston I think four first rounds is just a starting point that gets you a discussion but I really think you're going to need a lot more than that I heard on the radio one day um that there's rumors out there that the Panthers are interested and they're offering three ones in Christian McCaffrey And the radio host said that he he wouldn't do it. And I was thinking to myself, whoa, 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 you wouldn't do that? But then he kind of explained his reason, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, can get hurt at any second. Um, Great running back, though. Obviously, probably like one of the best two running backs in the league, right? But he's coming off an injury injury plague season where Mike Davis was able to put up comparable numbers, you know, for the Panthers. Those three first round picks, what are they going to turn into and are they even going to be good because of a decent team with Deshaun Watson, like those first round picks could be like in the, the mid teens, low twenties. So are you really getting any value out of there? Probably not. And besides, you just traded one of the best wide receivers in football in DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick in David Johnson. So I mean they already traded for their quote unquote franchise running back. So I mean do they really want another version of um David Johnson? Obviously a much better version, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, because if they go to try trade David Johnson after acquiring Christian McCaffrey, you're going to get no value for him because he was okay at best. And I say that very generously. So that's where I kind of stand on that little rumor. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And four first-round picks, I think, is the starting point, probably along with a very good player and probably many more draft picks. That's just me. That's what I think about the whole thing. But... Let's go on the wheel again. <sighs> spin, spin, spin. What do we want? What do we want? I have no idea. Oh, my! We land on the Deshaun Watson trade buzz uh, slice again. All right. Let's just skip it and just move into the next one. That's too funny. I saw it slowing down. I was like, don't do this to me. Murph's mock draft. Okay. So I'm still in developing. I'm still developing my own mock draft i know i have some time and i want to try to get it out um probably within like another month or so because there's so much to to you know consider and to look into but i will give you a small little nugget about patriots um what they could do at 15. so i've heard through the grapevine that the patriots want to acquire a quarterback via free agency so to bring in a veteran quarterback i don't hate the idea Depends who it is, and there was no names announced, so we'll just have to wait and see on that. And then they want to use that 15th pick on an offensive player. Completely agree about that. Regardless, quarterback, wide receiver, whatever, should be offense. Period. But then they would, I heard that Patriots could go after Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, I like that. But wait a second. Didn't you just draft two tight ends in the, like the third and the fourth round last year? In Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, and you're already kind of like, you know, abandoning ship on them, or you're going to move on from Ryan Izzo, a seventh round pick, who's kind of trash. Either way, Kyle Pitts at 15, I don't see him being there. He's an excellent tight end. He's probably, he's getting comps to um, Travis Kelsey. He's getting comps to a prime Jimmy Graham in terms of receiving ability and potential. And I think those are perfect because Jimmy Graham was a force when he was in his prime. He was electric and he was so good with new Orleans, um, younger in his career, Travis, Kelsey, same thing. He's an absolute force. He is so good. He is a top receiver, not just a top tight end, but a top receiver period. Now, what do both of those receivers have in my, uh, have in common? They're both receivers. They don't block very well. Uh, Gronkowski, George Kittle, They're blocking tight ends as well as receiving tight ends and Kyle Pitts doesn't block very well, but you know, you can kind of work on that, but to get a receiving threat as in Kyle Pitts at 15 would be extremely, extremely good. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. I see him falling, you know, around the the late um, top 10, maybe the early um, 10, 11, 12 to the Giants, the Cowboys so it's gonna you're gonna have to move up if you really want him and if you're gonna move up might as well take a quarterback at that point right because i mean hopefully they they bring in someone through free agency that's good and that will kind of shut me up about the whole oh mac jones oh justin fields but i mean if you're gonna trade up, why not trade up for a wide receiver i mean you need that too but i mean hey if you value kyle pitts over jalen waddle who will more than likely be available come whatever you can trade up to then There's a conversation for another day. (sighs) Here we go. 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 Watch. It's going to be the Sean Watson trade news again. Okay. So this is a new one, actually. Favorite memory as a sports fan. I I have a lot, actually. I really do. Oh, I actually have to think. I'm trying. I can go like a couple different ways with this. I can go with a favorite memory of when I was actually at the the sports game, or I can go to a favorite memory of, you know, just kind of watching it on TV. I think I'm going to go with it being live, like the game, like a game I actually went to. And I believe it was 2011. I could be wrong. I want to say it was 2011 where I forget who they're playing. The twins, maybe. I don't know. The Red Sox were playing against the twins at Fenway Park. And it was, it was a quiet game, I believe, relatively throughout, throughout, and then the Twins get a couple runs, or maybe they got a couple runs early, and the Red Sox were just kind of quiet until like the late innings where they get a couple runs, but in the bottom of the eighth, pinch hitter comes up. No, he just got called up like literally like four hours ago before the game, Darnell McDonald. Now, not a lot of people are going to know him, and I don't expect that. But if you can look him up, just look him up. Go to Google, Safari, whatever, and look him up. He's not that good. (laughs) He wasn't that good. He really wasn't. Maybe it was 2012. I have no freaking idea. Anyways, he steps up to the plate. And I only know about him because I played MLB, the show, or 2K, whatever I was playing at the time. And, you know, I would play the franchise where I would take control of a team, obviously the Red Sox. And I knew him through there because I saw him at, you know, the Pawtucket Red Sox. So I was like, oh, cool, this guy's up. Um, he steps up to the plate, and his first at-bat, boom, home run over the monster. And we were like, oh, yeah, I think it just tied the game up or at least made it close, like one-run game. I think he tied it up. And, like, the whole crowd was going crazy because there's nobody, this absolute nobody just hit a game-tying home run over the monster. So lit, especially in a game where there was no offense from the Red Sox at all. We were so pumped. And it was the bottom of the eighth, too. So the Twins come up in the top of the ninth. I don't remember if they scored anything or not. Anyways, bottom of the ninth. Now, I think it was raining or it was like a rain delay. So a lot of people have already left. And my dad and I tried to like move up a little bit, you know, kind of be behind the Red Sox dugout. So we had some great seats. We really did. And then the bottom of the ninth, guess who comes up? Darnell McDonald. He comes back up to the plate i think there's a runner on second maybe or first he comes up to the plate and boom he smacks another one and it goes high off the green monster and the runner from first i have no idea who it was or the runner from second comes all the way around to score and the red sox win and they're going crazy this dude this young guy this nobody just comes up from pod drives up 95 uh four hours ago Walks in and just goes two for two with a home run and the game-winning RBI double um, It was so electric because it was probably like 3,000 fans in total because like I said it rained. It was late uh, It was super fun So obviously I know the guy but a lot of people don't and there was some guy that was drunk that was, You know my dad and I were hanging with and like it was those guys like it's D-Mac and then we just all started calling D-Mac so after the game Go over to the Red Sox team store, which is right across the street, right behind Fenway Park. And I go in there, and I ask the clerk. I was like, you got any Darnell McDonald t-shirts? And he's like, nah, we just sold out of them. I'm like, damn, yo, I really wanted one. Come to find out. That was kind of before I kind of figured the whole inventory thing, and like had that. Come to find out, obviously, they didn't have any Darnell McDonald shirts because they didn't make any because he was a nobody. But... (laughs) That is one of my favorite sport memories as a kid. That was super fun. And then ever from that point, my dad and I would always mention about the whole big D Mac game and how good he was and how like electric that night was, even though he was pretty much a nobody. And then yo know, periodically throughout the season, I think he was with the Red Sox in the next season too. Whenever he would come up or whenever he would play, my dad would be like, Hey yo, it's D Mac, you remember him? I was like, Of course. Of course I remember him. Then I think, like, the year after he went to the Yankees or something, after the Red Sox uh, designated him for assignment. And then the whole DMAC train kind of died down from there for me and my dad. But that was super fun. That was so exciting and such a blast. Uh, I'm definitely going to remember that for a long time. And I'm actually really glad that I spun this on the wheel because, you know, I did kind of, you know, mention about my dad at the beginning, dedicating this episode to him being episode 19. So to be able to talk about a sport memory that him and I were able to share definitely super super touching and super meaningful so you know whatever you want to call it fate chance you know i'm just super glad that i was able to spin this on the wheel today to talk about it we'll do one more we're going to do one more i don't know what i want to talk about but it doesn't matter because the wheel decide Okay, so March Madness. I just talked about this two weeks ago on the podcast. I'm not going to go too much into it because nothing much has really changed. There is so little to no hype behind college basketball uh, right now because everything's going on. Uh, Football literally just ended, so there's still a bunch of buzz about that, obviously with free agency and such. Not a lot of the good teams are in the top 25. Duke, Kentucky, UNC, um obviously you have yeah gonzaga still doing it doing their thing but that's kind of expected being um in the whack the western athletic conference or whatever it is out there so i'm gonna just kind of kind of skip this one and just move on to another topic because i want to actually have a good conversation about something that we haven't really talked about just yet or at least in a while here we go here we go here we go here we go what are we gonna land on Ooh, bruins patriots oh i can't just talk about the patriots but i'll talk about them again because oh, 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 it is a big offseason for the Patriots, and I'm not going to harp and rant on it over and over again. But, like, what is... I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, what is the one move or the biggest move that you want the Patriots to make? Now, it could be super realistic or it could be so far-fetched. doesn't matter. I want to hear what you have to say about this one because, obviously, you know my thoughts and my opinions on what the uh Patriots should be doing quarterback, offensive weapons, build a little bit of the defense back up. But obviously, offense is the focal point. I want to hear your thoughts. Comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Murfs underscore Boston ST where the ST stands for Sports Talk. And I want to hear your thoughts about it because there's so many different directions the Patriots could go in. We're obviously starting to hear that the Patriots might want to take Kyle Pitts at 15. Or they could either, um, We obviously you're starting to hear that the Patriots want to get a veteran quarterback from free agency, but they're going to have to spend money. Quarterbacks aren't cheap, and the only way to get them cheap is through the draft, but you can't get both Kyle Pitts and a quarterback to the draft. So that's certainly interesting, but like I said, I want to hear what you have to say about it. Comment down below if you're watching on YouTube, or reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram at Murphs underscore Boston Sports Talk. Alright, I know I said one more two spins ago, I guess three spins ago. But I need a good one to really end it on. I need a really, really good one. Uh oh, let fiance decide topic. Um she's in school, but I could try to give her a call. Maybe she'll pick up, maybe she won't. Let's find out. I don't I don't remember. I think she starts at eleven. It's only ten thirty. maybe she starts at 10. I think she starts at 10. I don't remember. I think it's 10. Oh, yeah, she just texted me. I'm in class. (laughs) All right, hold on. Let me just text her. I need you to decide my topic for discussion. And then I'm going to send her a picture of let the fiance decide topic so she knows oh see she's in class and she's responding to me so hopefully it should be relatively quick i guarantee you this i guarantee you this she's gonna say talk about the patriots i'm like i just talked about the patriots but you know i'll give her a couple seconds to to get back to me um well i guess we have a little bit of downtime have you been uh watching the uh youtube exclusive videos that have been coming out they're super fun i'm telling you they're full of laughs they're so exciting! Um, home run derbies, quizzes, um, just a random bunch of stuff that I'm trying to do, you know, for the YouTube channel. You know, just a little bit of extra content in case, you know, maybe not just listening is not your thing and you want a little bit more. So I'm trying to give you a little bit more. Definitely look at it, um, check it out on my YouTube channel, Merv's Boston Sports Talk, and, and just definitely enjoy it there. All right, what's she say? Omg, when oh, she's typing, I think she's upset march madness or just talked about march madness we just talked about it oh what is she gonna say she's not typing anymore or come on come on um yeah no definitely check it out i mean like i said i put the quiz that i made out on my twitter it got a bunch of uh um, plays and i'm super excited about that i definitely played it myself a few days after i made it so hopefully the information wasn't a little fresh i posted that yesterday on my youtube channel on sunday and it was so fun there was a few teams that i was struggling with i'm not gonna deny but it was pretty fun i mean obviously you have the celtics the lakers the bulls the spurs you know they've won a bunch and uh it kind of you know the 74 past uh winners and then, you know, like I said, the Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Spurs, they kind of take up, what, 40 of them um, all combined? And she's not answering me anymore. That's depressing and that's so upsetting. All right. No matter what, this is the last one. No matter what, unless you can respond to me in three, two, one, Jordan Love. Oh my goodness. I have, to, okay. I think I got this one before and I tabled it. I have to talk about Jordan Love. So, as a lot of people know, As a lot of people know, I am a huge, huge Jordan Love fan. Massive Jordan Love fan. Why? Because he's good. He showed a lot at Utah State. He's got a lot of spice. He's got a lot of swagger. It looks like he's got that it factor. He put up really good numbers with the Utah State team that's, I don't want to say not good, but they're no no Clemson, they're no Alabama, yada, yada, yada. Yes, he did throw a lot of interceptions. Yes, that is a problem. Hopefully, with Aaron Rodgers playing behind him, well, him playing behind Aaron Rodgers, he was able to kind of learn and kind of maybe fix that, similar to what the Saints were trying to do with Jameis Winston and Drew Brees, you know, kind of cool it with the interceptions. But, but, Patriots need a quarterback. The Packers don't seem like they're going to move on from Aaron Rodgers, so what's the point of having a first-round quarterback for four years? You you know, you kind of swallowed the loss, You trade him away, get something in return. Second round pick, you know, a third and a, whatever. Whatever the package is, just not a first round pick. Bring in your guy. First round talent, a lot of potential. Um, It's almost like you're essentially drafting a quarterback in the first round because he was a first round quarterback. He's got all the talent and skill, but you're just trading for him, you know, a year after sitting out. I don't see no wrong with that because Jordan Love got a lot of Patrick Mahone comps in terms of running around, throwing on the run, the arm strength, the playmaking ability. And I really think that, you know, that brings a lot of hype to whatever team he can get traded to. And if the Patriots can go out and trade, I know he's not that veteran quarterback that they potentially are rumored to be looking for. But, oh, she just got back to me. So, favorite memory one. I don't know what that means. I just, I honestly just talked about a favorite memory for uh, my favorite sport memory or one of them. Yo, I I swear I'm not live streaming. I I don't live stream the podcast, so I don't know how she's inside my head right now. This, This is nuts because she was like, talk about March Madness. Already did that. Talk about a favorite sport memory. Already did that. Like, what? What? Anyways, Jordan Love. I really think that he has a lot of potential and in a situation where the Patriots don't really have a quarterback and if you can trade for him for something that's not a first round pick. I think you do it, especially where the Packers really don't need Jordan Love because they have Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers looks like he's going to be playing past his 40s. Why not? I think it makes sense for both sides. Um, it's a low-risk, high-reward for the Patriots. It's uh, For the Packers, it's just a move on and get a draft asset to hopefully help your current Packers team in efforts to you know win the Super Bowl, get over that hump. It's a win-win. It makes so much sense. And if it doesn't work out for the Patriots, you just, you know, move on from them. So be it. So what? But I really think Jordan Love has a lot of potential, and if he's behind Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to play and he's not going to get his chance. But here in New England, he will get his chance. And like I said, it's almost like you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, except you will still have your first round pick to do whatever you want with it. I I just I really think this is a golden opportunity for the Patriots. But That's just what I think about. I know a lot of people aren't hyped or big on Jordan Love, you know, for whatever reason, but definitely watch some of his Utah State film. You'll definitely have your mind changed about it. I was huge on him last year when the Patriots were up on the clock and they traded out from the first round pick, you know, they traded with the Chargers. I was like, yo, and then they get like, you know, the 36th pick, whatever, overall. I was like, okay, maybe he'll be there. Maybe he'll slip a little bit. But then come to find out, a few picks later, you know, while I'm playing Madden, the Packers take Jordan Love, and I'm like, yeah, bleep. I'm not gonna say the word, but F. Oh, I was so upset. But yeah. Jordan Love to the Patriots is a possibility. It's realistic, and it should be very considered for everything that I just said. And if you don't know who Jordan Love is, definitely YouTube his you know Utah State highlights. You're gonna like what you see out of him. But What a jammed pack episode that we just had. There's so much information that we talked about. Uh, The Celtics, the Bruins, the Patriots, a Red Sox story. You know, it feels so good to cover all four major sports here in Boston, you know, in one way or another. Oh, this is exactly what Murph's Boston Sports Talk is all about. Boston sports with major league-wide topics discussed. That's what we do here, and that is what I will continue to do here, here in the studio with this podcast so thank you everyone for joining me for episode 19 shout out to my dad his favorite number 19 after his favorite player fred lynn Um, hopefully he will be able to enjoy this episode and hopefully you were able to enjoy this episode as well Um, if you're watching on youtube and haven't already but definitely throw me a like you know that'd be great to show that you enjoy this um, content and this podcast if you're new to the channel, consider subscribing, please, as that will also help out the YouTube channel. However, if you're listening on an audio platform such as Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google, whatever, wherever you can find me, definitely reach out to me at Mervs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk. Yes, it does. I want to hear your thoughts about anything, everything that we talked about today in this podcast, this episode. I'd love to hear about it, but you know the drill. Until Wednesday, when I see you next, or hump day, I will see you later. Peace!